to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 355 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? Old oh, Georgie boy, has there ever been a quicker fall from grace in the sport of boxing, Ken? What was the whole thing about the rat, calling Devin Haney a rat? Like, was he accusing Devin Haney of being an informant of some sort? Uh, apparently, he ratted out Tiafimo Lopez's problems in camp. It's like, oh, I think everybody knew about that, bud. <laughs> Them rumors is true. Oh, word. <laughs> oh, he ratted on him. I just can't, but I don't understand, like... Dude, the the lead up to the fight got a little out of control there. Um, you know, George's confidence started to, you know, George's confidence was kind of like Mark Kriegel during that entire fucking infomercial of a broadcast last night. Oh. It just was on repeat, and the more you heard it, the more you thought about sharpening that butter knife so you could slice your throat. I, I was just dude listening to him like ramble on and on and on about his 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 path to greatness was like hey buddy <laughs> just shut the fuck up and fight would you yeah typically you gotta at least do it twice right, right? yeah you gotta you gotta have a follow-up <laughs> right um no it didn't work out for george cambosis but what a fucking ugly fight we'll get to that um steven fulton dominant against danny roman uh, we got a fight preview quick turnaround tuesday fight niowa in versus nonito donaire part two uh, for the WBA, IBF, and WBC Bantamweight crowns. And news and notes, looks like we may get us a showdown. Mm. Uh, a, a little tussle at 147 pounds. You may have heard of it before. Say it ain't so, Oh, <laughs> Bud Crawford and Earl Spence. <laughs> it's going to be a doozy. Um, hopefully, coming this October, we'll talk about Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr., uh, Tia Fimo with a fight announcement, and DSG moving up a weight class. Time to dust off that Manolo drip, baby. <laughs> oh, man, I saw his new line of clothes, and he must have got a really good fucking price on that fabric. It's like his girl's mom like ordered a bunch of fabric for their wedding, you know? And they ordered way too much. <laughs> and they're like, what do we do with all this shiny-ass tablecloth? It is the most unbreathable material. The, the, the moistness of your undercarriage after wearing those shorts, too. And I hate, to, I hate to break it to you, man. Like I get what they're trying to go for with that, but it looks so fucking cheap. Oh, it's tacky. <laughs> it's fucking tacky looking. <laughs> So welcome back to the Boxing Ramp Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Audio podcasts on Apple and Spotify. You can rate and review there. And it's available anywhere audio podcasts are available. The video is up on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Uh, support the show. Patreon.com backslash Boxing Rant. And follow us on Twitter. At Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Ben, let's head to Australia. George Cambosis versus Devin Haney, the big fight of the night for all the belts at 135 pounds. Devin Haney coming into this fight, he was going to be fatherless down under. He was going to be trainerless. They were going to have to FaceTime his dad in the corner to give him uh, the all-important instructions necessary to solve the riddle <laughs> that is the Spartan. <laughs> 
That is uh, the uh, he is the offspring of the everybody, all the Spartans in 300 themselves. Actually, the character of George Cambosis was created by Frank Miller. Was he? <laughs> I just thought, who fucking wrote these scripts? I mean, honestly, I will say this. At least you guys are hiring some open-minded, pot-smoking hippies, because that was some wild shit y'all were spewing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it was on fucking repeat. So when the fight card starts, right, immediately at 9 o'clock, I go to ESPN. It's women's softball. I'm like, okay. I go to the app. I put it on. And I'm like, okay, the beginning of this fucking fight card. Beautiful, right? Uh, Lucas Brown, he does exist. He does. He does exist. And he was in action against Junior Fire, and they ring walk, right? And I'm like, okay, great. This is fantastic. Ah, first round knockout. Even better, dude. <laughs> right? So I go back to TV, to ESPN, and women's softball just ends, and they fucking hit the rewind button. They literally replayed the same 30-minute fucking opening they did on ESPN Plus again. And then after the first round knockout, they did it again. And the next thing I know, I, I see people I follow on Twitter going, okay, that's the fourth fucking time they've showed this interview. I mean, they're talking about fucking Spartans and <laughs> Romans and Zeus and shooting lightning bolts out of my ass. And, yeah. You know, yeah. it was ridiculous i look i know that we are like a fucking broken record with this but the fight was shitty enough so let me take a dump on everything else first <laughs> <laughs> when are these knuckleheads going to learn and i'm talking about espn the zone showtime pbc you guys think you're doing your product a service mm -mm. right Okay, you guys behaved in that in that TV production last night like this was a fucking pay per view. What was it a pay per view in Australia or something? The way the time drug out and the infomercial fucking tackiness and cheesiness to the entire thing. I like you got to be fucking kidding me. Mark Kriegel, Tim Bradley, and Joe Tessator literally looked like a fucking Chicago comedy troupe from like 1978, all working on their bits simultaneously on hot mics. Like it was just one one-liner after the other and one over-exaggeration after the other. And I'm just like, what is going on? Welcome to the world of Dino Velvet. You know, it just it felt like I was trapped in a really fucked up place over and over and over again. And then it gets capped off with just awful fucking boxing. And Lucas Brown's knockout of Junior Fa, they kept on replaying this as if it was like this clean fucking knockout. Dude, <laughs> that big, scary-looking motherfucker who looks like he's spent a lot of time in prison, right? Yeah. Uh, sharpens his fucking teeth, right? Yeah. I mean, this guy has, like, real fucking... Like, he's like Baraka from fucking uh, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, whatever fucking game that was, right? And this motherfucker just literally billy clubs Junior Fa on the back of the head. <laughs> it wasn't even remotely a legal punch. No. Knocked him out just... I mean, dude, if you get blindsided in the back of the head, that was pretty, uh, you know, remarkable stuff to be able to do that while he's standing right in front of him. But, dude, it just fucking drug on. I was up way too late for a fight that I literally spent more time typing up this fucking rundown script in front of us than I did actually watching. It was just sloppy... Hug fest, 
Cambosis couldn't solve. I don't even know if Haney was proposing a riddle to him. What the fuck was that? What it is is uh, George Cambosis is not a very good boxer. No. He really never has been. No. He struggled with Lee Selby. The Welsh Mayweather. Yes, he struggled with the Welsh Mayweather. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, look. I think everybody got a little carried away with George Cambosis, obviously, off of that Tiafimo Lopez performance. He looked good. I get it. But I talked about it in the preview, and I've been saying it since this fight has been announced. You are going to see come to fruition how arrogantly and piss poorly Tiafimo Lopez entered that fight with George Cambosis. I mean, just a complete disaster of a camp. Everything in his life around him falling apart. Uh, him himself having those same belts, uh, falling in love with himself the way George Cambosis did Mm -hmm. in this lead. But it's almost like, are these belts fucking cursed? Like whoever gets them is going to fall under this trance of like believing their greatness and falling in love with their... I I have never seen a guy in in George Cambosis who literally, all he had to do was shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like just (laughs) shut up for a little bit. Yeah. And you'd have been fine. But he talked himself into this, this, this work of, of, of being a, a Spartan warrior like you're talking about and all of this absolute nonsense. Dude, you had one night, one night, 12 rounds in a boxing ring against a guy whose life was literally spiraling out of control. I, I, I'm sorry, but George Cambosis is what I thought he was. It literally just took a fucking jab. Like, that's it. Yeah. Devin Haney won that fight with a jab. He, a, a little bit of a little bit of grappling. Uh, yo, uh, yeah, you, you could talk about uh, that's like the closest to Vladimir Klitschko uh, game plan we've seen in a long fucking time. Very clever. But he also did no more than he had to do. Like, this is, I, I kind of viewed that as Devin Haney going, this is all I have to do. Like, I'm not going to do anymore, and clearly he wouldn't. He threw a couple nice right hands, a couple. The biggest problem with Devin Haney is when he's throwing them right hands and he lands them clean, there's literally nothing on them. No, he's got no power. No, he's got no power. I don't know if it's out just because it's the weight suck at 135 or whatever it is. He is a fucking world-class boxer. I, 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 much along the lines of Shakur Stevenson, if he fights the way he fought last night... I'm not sure there's a lot of people that can beat him. It's just one of those styles that is just neutralizing to whatever you try to do. I'm not going to take anything away from the performance for a 23-year-old to stay composed, do that shit for 12 rounds, not have the mental lapses that we've seen him have late in fights where he got caught. That was a key to victory for him. Yes. it's Look, it was an impressive fucking boxing performance. But it's not going to be one of those performances that's going to like it's not a star building performance. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. Twenty three years old, fully unified, uh, completely outclassed George Cambosis. That was not shocking to me. It should have been shocking to anyone, really, and uh, from a boxing perspective, what happened in the ring. But yeah, but who the fuck stayed up for it though? I, you know, I, I I don't know, and it dragged. I mean, it really, really dragged. Uh, look. This is not going to be the fight that defines Devin Haney's career. It's the first building block in his legacy. 
But when it's all said and done, this is not going to be one of the fights you go back and kind of wax poetically on what Devin Haney's done in his career. I'm sorry, man. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Tiafimo Lopez should be fucking ashamed of himself for losing that fight. He should be. I agree. I he, he should be fucking ashamed of himself. George Cambosis should not be sniffing a championship belt at 135 pounds. Well, good for George then. Uh, good for you, Georgie. Georgie boy. Tiafimo, yes, he should exa- He should be punching himself in the chode right now. There's, yeah. there's, there's absolutely no doubt then, about that. You know, that. his dumbass chiming in, don't forget who started this. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. You you, you were the a crash and burn mission, buddy. Yeah. Started what? You're not the first unified champion ever. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> dude, that guy is he's something else, man. Yeah, uh, he is something else. Um, I think that's probably why they gave him such a joke of an opponent in his comeback fight. It's like, yes, Tio, we know who you asked for. Yes. We are here to tell you that that is not who you need in your life right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are, we're going to put you on the Edgar Berlanga plan for a while. Yes. Right? Let's see where you're at. Let's try to build some of that confidence back if it still exists. I mean, the yeah, yeah, the fragility of that psyche. As it relates to Devin Haney's performance, yeah, I don't like the fact that he did just enough to win this fight. I, It frustrates me more than anything. I, I respect a fighter that can neutralize another fighter. Mm-hmm. Not at the expense of the excitement of the fight, though. That's where I fucking draw the line. I'm yeah. like, you know, that's why I've had so much frustration with Andre Ward's career. That's why I had so much frustration with Floyd Mayweather's career. You know, half of Floyd Mayweather's career. Let's be fair. Mm-hmm. The guy was in some exciting fights. Um, but, yeah, I just, I I don't know if he is on the athletic, like, super freak level of Shakur Stevenson. Mm-hmm. I think he's a notch down from that. But I, I think Devin Haney's intangibles are a, a, a little better than Shakur Stevenson's because he's so much longer. Mm-hmm. Like, he can get behind that jab. He's got the frame to move up to these weight classes. He he has the height and the stature and the shoulders mm-hmm. where he can fight the way that he fights, and it won't really matter if he has power or not. It's really just going to matter, can he evade getting caught with the big shot? And if he does get caught with it, is he able to withstand that, right? Mm-hmm. He was able to against George. He got clipped a little bit. I mean, Devin Haney's not without fail, but gosh, you really want these guys in these moments to make these huge statements. And really, more than anything, you know, I I, I haven't heard from anybody, seen anybody in the wake of Cambosis losing all the belts to Haney that actually wants to see the fucking rematch. No. They've got to figure out a way to say, hey, George, we're going to pay you $2 million for your next fight. You're going to fight fucking Tiafimo at 140. You're going to fight fucking Loma when he you know, gets here in a couple months, whatever. But, George, we got to move on from this, okay? Because yeah. that was a fucking disaster. But this is a bad matchup for him. Thanks for coming, and I hope you save this money and invest it well, because this was life-changing for you. See, I, see you around. Yeah, 10 mil. <laughs> you clocked 10 mil for that performance. Yeah. Well, good, man. He deserved it. Yeah. He deserved it. You know, you fall asleep at the wheel like T.O. did, and guess what, man? You get took, yo. Yeah, he got took. <laughs> oh, yes. George Cambosas got took to school, and now Devin Haney is the undisputed lightweight champion of the world. All right, Vin, uh, anything else on Cambosis Haney? Uh, you know what, Ken? I, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say, mm-hmm. mm, we don't see much of George Cambosis after mm, next year. 
After next year? After next year, yeah. You got, he's got a couple fights in him, and George mm-hmm. Cambosis is going to just drift into no man's land. Not even for the trilogy of 300? No, no. I don't think we'll see him for that either. No? No. He's at least going to be in the movie. No, 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 no. No? No, you can't, you can't just uh, get jabbed to death and then show back up on the big screen and act like you're some superstar, Ken. Oh, uh, but he got Leonidas's face tattooed next to his penis. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he actually got a Spartan helmet. <laughs> on the dickhead. Oh, I heard. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did hear he went through some intense training for this one. Feathers actually implanted. Wow. Yeah. 3D printing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is some intense preparation right there. I'll tell you what. Oh, man. All right, then. Let's get over to Showtime, to Minnesota. Stephen Fulton versus Danny Roman for the WBO and WBC Junior Featherweight Championship. I will be the first one to fall on the sword. Um, Danny Roman is kind of falls into this category of like a Francisco Vargas or Ruslan Provodnikov or Lucas Matisse. He's just one of these fighters that you love to watch. He's a blood and guts effort guy. And we hoped that it would be a bit more of a brawl. But Stephen Fulton showed levels in this one. And honestly, man, you know, your sentiments about him being a pound-for-pound pound talent now, after this fight against Danny Roman, I want to see the Abmagdalia fight, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. We have to see that. Yes. But I don't think it takes that fight to garner this young man some consideration for that 10 spot on the pound-for-pound pound list. I'm going to have to do a little uh, gray hair uh Chin scratch in here. What you think? Yeah, I, look, to me, the talent is there. Uh, it's pound-for-pound pound talent. And that performance last night is like, he could have fought that fight in any number of ways. He could have he could have gotten into the trenches with Roman and probably done just fine. I, I think Danny Roman is still a, a really good fighter. And I thought his approach to that fight was perfect. It just so happens that Stephen Fulton is absolutely just – He's kind of in the zone as, as a fighter right now. He just seemed to pick his shots perfectly. He didn't overwork. He did exactly what he had to be done to keep himself out of harm's way and not engage with Roman too much and just pick him off. I mean, he was just picking him off coming in. You know, what I'd like to see a little more? Sure, but let me tell you something. That, that Stephen Fulton's performance was, you know, I, I know people are praising Devin Haney and all that. Stephen Fulton's performance was way better than Devin Haney's performance. Last Absolutely. Time. As far as a complete f- performance from a fighter, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Fulton put on the show last night. I know we all, I expected it to be a little bit more, you know, I, I expected more punches to be thrown. I expected a little more action, but I also didn't expect Stephen Fulton to win that fight going away. No. I mean, easily. I mean, he fucking won nine, 10 rounds. Maybe more, I, you know. He is a special, special fighter. Akhmadaliev might have a little bit more in the athleticism category to bring to him, but he's not. He's not tight enough. He's not a tight enough boxer. He gets too wide. Stephen Fulton. I'm telling everybody right now, the odds will probably be close in that fight. It's not going to be close. Stephen Fulton's going to absolutely work Akhmadaliev when that fight comes around. I don't think there's anybody in that division that can fuck with him right now. I'd like to see Inouye head up to 122, and I'd like to see that be the fight next year. Fulton versus Inouye is, is mouth-watering because I think you have – Inouye would, would keep Fulton completely honest, and, yes. and then it becomes a totally different um, set of parameters on that fucking game of risk, you know? Yeah. 
Stephen Fulton, he looked great. The only reason a performance like Stephen Fulton's gets overshadowed is because there's an undisputed lightweight championship going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you. There's not much at 122 pounds for him outside of about from in a way. You can run all these back. Look, I- I'm McDaliev. The one thing about him is that he is awkward and he does fight at a bit of an awkward rhythm. Mm-hmm. The thing with Amikdaliev, though, is in his awkwardness, he doesn't realize that he can become really fucking repetitious. Yeah. And he gets into these fucking just... It, it, it is. It's, it, it's, a, it's a stagnant fucking cycle of the same moves, the same feints, the same... You know, it's, it's, it's a little cheesy, and he can get a little fucking, like... It, it could just be the level of competition. Danny Roman kept him honest in that fight, Danny Roman just fucking put his foot on the gas a little bit too late. Yep. You know? Yep. Ahmed Daliev, I think, has enough power to keep Fulton honest for a little while. I think it's a closer fight than the Danny Roman fight, but mm-hmm. uh, I agree with you. It's in a way or bust. I, it, look, if, if and we'll get to the preview, but should Denair come out on top, I'm down for that fight too. Yeah, I, look, I'm down for whatever it is, but it's if it's going to be, you know, we're going to just kind of continue to pick off who's at 122 now after Akhmedaliev. There's not much there. Like, he's run through everybody. You can't beat anybody else. So go to, go to 126. It's yeah. not a huge fucking jump. It's it's not a huge jump. He's got the size for it. I think he's built for it. But I'd l- just, I'm hoping, I'm just praying that he holds on just, just for another 12 months so we can get in a way up there. Nah, young. I'm, you know, I'm trying to see maybe him move up to 126 and fight Gurry. Well, oh, you, oh, you trying to see Gurry? Yeah, Gurry and uh, Fulton. You want you want Gurry to get fucked up? <laughs> I mean, Gurry's still good, you know. He's still he's still the reigning champ. No, he ain't. Why not? <laughs> I don't even know. Gurry undefeated, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't look. I don't care if Gurry lost or not. Fulton and Gurry at one twenty six. I'll I'm, take it. I'm down. I'll take it. Um, yeah, Stephen Fulton looked great. All right, Vin, let's get to the fight preview because this could have implications on Stephen Fulton's next opponent or at least opponent coming up for 2023, hopefully. Niowa Inouye versus Nonito Donaire, part two on zone. Dude, this first fight was so surprisingly epic. Nobody thought that Donaire was going to stand a chance against the monster, that this was that we were sacrificing an all-time great for the sake of putting over the man they call the monster. Um, and it turned out that Niowa Inouye walked away from that fight with a different look on his face. <laughs> For life. Yeah. Um, Nonito Donaire fucking rocked the monster's clock. I, look, I don't. there's no reason for me to believe that this is going to be any less competitive than it was the first time, especially with the monster coming in with a souvenir from the first fight. Wait, you're going to tell me Nonito slipped from when? What he slipped from. Yeah. You know? He's already 40. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, he can do this all night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Look, I think Inouye is going to win this fight, but I think it's going to be another fight of the year candidate. This is going to get fucking ferocious at times. I, my only concern this time for Donaire is that Inouye is a little pissed off about like people thinking that he almost lost to an, a 40-year-old legend. I do think in this fight that he he figures out a way to end this before the before the 12th round. I don't think this makes it to the cards. I think Donaire lands a couple big shots again. And I, and I think there's some drama here. 
But I think Inouye stomps on the gas in this in this fight about the fifth or sixth round, and you're going to see Donaire struggling to hold on. I mean, he almost got stopped in the last fight. That weird sequence where he took that body shot and like ran away and like turned his back, ran away, and the referee like jumps into like block in a way from getting like no you can't can't punch him now well it's like he's not down he's running away i'm running <laughs> after him <laughs> it was a very very weird fucking sequence i think this time he ends it man i think this time in a way makes the statement i'll, I'll say seventh eighth round uh a body shot is is the end for nonito donaire i think it's blood and guts war all the way to the fucking end you think so yeah man pillar to post i just I hope that in a way knows he can't be using that trademark name now to his eye all fucked up. I I already got the trademark on one eyed monster. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't don't be using that, <laughs> or there'll be a suit that follows. All right? It's just trademarked in your bedroom, motherfucker. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't want to see no likeness, nothing like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no t-shirts with one eye monster <clears throat> unless unless it's uh, an image of my one-eyed monster then it's legal and the proceeds come 90 percent to me 10 percent to you superimposed in the background <clears throat> like oh look there it is <laughs> it's like the bat signal <laughs> everybody comes around is that a chode <laughs> oh, oh man yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, a little Tuesday boxing, right? Yeah, because that's a thing. Yeah, it is. I don't want to write Donaire off like like so quickly, but it's got to end at some point, right? Yeah, and I think this is I think this is it. I think he gives us one last stand here, but I think in a way, kind of helps him into retirement here. Yeah, I think the brutality of this fight, it's just going to be so physical. You can only be in so many of these. In a way, just hits. like, I, Dude, I don't even know how to explain. Like when you watch a video of his pad work and he's hitting the mitts, the sound that it makes. Like Baturbiev has that sound. Mm-hmm. In a way, has got that sound. Like mm-hmm. it's just different, man. I, the fucking guy hits like a goddamn mule, Kim. But let's not forget that Nonito Donaire has a legendary, legendary, perhaps the greatest left hook in 118-pound history. Uh, I'd, I'd say it definitely is. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, there's you know? that. Oh, and Shakira is single. There's that, too. Oh, that's a thing? Yep, just wanted to let you know. I'll slide in them DMs later. All right, Ben, let's get to some news and notes. Uh, looks like, according to old Mike Coxlinger, that... Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence may be meeting finally in October. I mean, are we really going to get Triple G Canelo 3 and then the three weeks later, Terrence Crawford versus Errol Spence? AJ and Usyk too? I mean, I, what? I, I, don't, I don't know what happened this year, but uh, uh, boxing got out of its own fucking way for once, Ken. Man, where, I mean, we still got Chocolito and Estrada. Damn, <laughs> that's, gonna, that's a lot of fights, man. Dude, it's ridiculous. Uh, th- this run of or stretch of unification fights and, and, and trilogy fights. And yeah. You cannot ask for anything fucking more. Let's just fucking stamp it and deliver it, please. Yes. I just want to see it's official. I, I think we're going to see it soon. I, I don't think there's like the, the talk that has surrounded this, which is amazing to me, like how much more of a reality it became when Terrence Crawford just left top rank. Yeah. Like the PBC was like, yeah, well, no, we we were not sharing any money with top rank <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Terrence, come over here. We're going to make all of the money. All of it. I think we should just kind of keep it on the same note and keep it in the same breath. I mean, 
when we're talking about fucking Bud Crawford versus Errol Spence in a fight of that magnitude in nature, it's only right to transition to another huge fight announcement. Tiafimo Lopez versus Pedro Campa. Well, but Ken, <laughs> Tiafimo asked for everybody. Oh. And they didn't want oh, it. Oh, want- Josh Taylor protected. Yes, right? yes. So they're all protected. So does Pedro Campa tickle your pickle? Uh, not not particularly. No, not particularly. I, I, what, I mean, they, what they is gotta this? rebuild the psyche of this kid somehow. This guy's going and sliding into everybody's DM after they have a fucking huge career defining fight, saying that they're trying to steal his fucking mojo. Well, if you're such a baller, then then what's up with Pedro Campa? Are you, are you trying to tell me there's nobody between? 135 and 147 pounds with a name that you can fucking fight? No. This is a soft touch for somebody whose psyche is fucking soft like Charmin. That's all this is. Yeah, I, I think he pro- like I believe him. I believe he asked for all of those guys. I believe all that. That's just so pathetic. I, I also believe that Top Rank was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> okay, okay. Here's Pedro Campa. Let's... uh. Let's see if you can rebuild this fucking disaster that has been your career. Bro. Yeah, exactly. Like you're on the verge of like he struggles in this fight with Pedro Campa and somehow fucking comes out the winner. And, you know, he needs a knockout fucking win. He needs something to get his confidence back because, I, you know, we talked about a fall from grace with Cambosis that started this show. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez, I mean, just went from the boxing's next biggest thing. To a guy that, as soon as I see his name or hear his voice or read one of his obnoxious fucking tweets, I just I, I'm I cannot be any more turned off by the motherfucker at this point. Oh no, he doesn't make any sense, dude. He's, no, he's lost in space. I mean, you know, I've equated the guy, and it's almost like he fucking played quarterback and was drafted by the Washington Redskins. You know, this guy's fucking RG three and Dwayne Haskins bundled into one. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean. I'm not, I'm not like accusing this guy. This ain't like the movie minority report. I ain't accusing him of future crime of murder, but he pretty damn close to, <laughs> to, to falling into the same category as Felix Verdejo. Oh yeah. He, he murdered his own career is what he's doing. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. It is absolutely brutal. Um, all right, Vin, your boy DSG. We mentioned it uh. in the, in the intro. We opened a show with DSG. Uh. We going to close the show with DSG. Ooh, 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 ooh. Get him. Get him. <laughs> oh, he's moving up to 154 pounds, and he's squaring off with Jose Benavidez. Well, Ken, apparently Danny Garcia is still a thing. This is actually going to be a firefight, Vin. <laughs> <laughs> as much as it can be. I don't believe you. Uh, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what kind of shape Jose Benavidez I shows just, up in. I can't believe we're like, all right, let's... Danny, still, let's, let's, let's reboot him at 154. Let's see what happens, Ken. Honestly, I'm surprised he can still make those weights. Even 154, and he's moving up. Yeah. He just seems to swell up in between fights. Look, I, you know what? It's actually, you're probably right. This matchup will actually probably be, like, semi-decent. And we're at the end here with Danny Garcia. I, let's let's just wing some hooks and see what happens. Well, here. that's what I mean. Both let's, of these... Let's, let's, let's see some throwaway left hooks, and let's go for it. Right. I, I'm visualizing two two guys with their feet concreted into cinder blocks, right? <laughs> yes. um, because that's what these two guys are. They're stuck in the mud fighters. Yep. So it should be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it should be great. 
All right. Well, I guess that'll do it then, Vin. Hey, that was a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am episode there. It was. It was. Uh, should we go back and talk more about stuff? No, nah, I don't think so. Okay. Then we won't. Well, let's get out of here. We appreciate all of you tuning into episode 355 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Please subscribe anywhere audio podcasts are available. Rate and review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check out the video on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Key Jr. And please support the show at patreon.com backslash boxing rant. We'll see you next time on episode 356 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.